Howdy folks, I want to welcome you to another episode of Life Around the Fire. My name is David Hutari and I'll be your host today. We are a podcast that is devoted to spiritual growth. And when I'm talking about spiritual growth, what I'm referring to is growth in our relationship with God and in our relationships with one another. What we're going to do today in this episode is continue on with a focus that we've placed pertaining to the statement that Jesus made when he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be known as the sons of God. <laughs> that statement, once again, is so powerful because what Jesus was saying when he used that word blessed, he is saying that that person or those people that are peacemakers are fortunate. They're so fortunate that actually they are the talk of the community. People are just wondering why it is that God is treating them with that much special attention. <laughs> They're like, what's up with you? You are blessed. Not just lucky. Not just, ah, wow, you won the lottery. No, your lifestyle is something that takes on a completely different element to it that can only be described as God is with that person or God is with those people. Peacemakers. And that peacemaking is more than just someone saying, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to have kind of a nice time here and let's not fight, okay? Let's all get along and, uh, you know, let's do our best to be nice to each other. It is not what Jesus is saying. As good as that can be, and as needed as that is at times, is just to say, hey, come on, time out, stop. Let's have a treaty, you know, a peace treaty or a ceasefire. Or, you know, you go over there, and you go over there, and let's just don't talk to each other for a while. That's not peace. That's just the absence of strife or shooting each other, <laughs> right? True peace is shalom. It's a term that the Jewish community 
the Hebrew culture knew and knows very well. Shalom involves not just the absence of strife, but the presence of a person, that person being God, where he takes charge of the atmosphere, where he changes, excuse me, where he changes the air and takes charge of the atmosphere, where there was strife, envy, bitterness, it becomes shalom. It becomes solid in control. It becomes a setting in which peace settles in. Where there's sickness, shalom happens because sickness creates tension. Where there is mental anguish, there comes shalom because mental anguish disturbs the atmosphere. Where there's shalom, we have the ability to function properly. Where there is strife, we just don't. We take on a completely different way of living. When there is shalom, peacemaking, the air around us actually changes. And when someone has the ability to make shalom happen, the only way that they can be described is they are sons or children of God. God is with them. Well, part of this making shalom or making peace comes as a result of us being in covenant with God. <laughs> and that word covenant, like we've talked about, isn't necessarily a very contemporary term that's used a lot. We use terms like bow, commitment, agreement, contract, stuff like that. Co uh, covenant is not typically as used as it has been previously. And if you want to know more about the usage of covenant, review the previous two podcast episodes and you'll be up to speed in a short order. What we're doing right now is we're looking at the promises that are involved in the new covenant that is cut as a result of the shed blood of Jesus and his body being broken for our iniquity. Powerful reality. And once again, I highly encourage you to take a look at the previous two podcast episodes. It will help you come right up to the point where we are right now, and you'll be able to move forward together with us. What we're doing right now is we are looking at the promises that are found in that covenant. Because the average person, myself included, without having some instruction on covenant, doesn't really know what it means, but also we don't necessarily know what we have provided for us if we don't know, <laughs> right? We only know what we know. If we don't know, we can find out because God wants us to have clear understanding so that we can function as citizens in his kingdom and not just stumble around. Covenant. 
the promises that are found in covenant. Before we look into that, I want to share a story about an individual that years ago, I invited them to basically rent a room from me. And it was a pretty, you know, a decent agreement. I was charging a fair price and had a nice place. And our schedules were such that, you know, we really weren't bumping into each other that much. And so it looked like it was going to be a good fit. However, we did things differently. Come to find out, we didn't live our lives anywhere near being compatible. We were bumping into each other continually. Now, I put together a list of things for them to follow, but it wasn't something that was in them, like from the beginning of their life. <laughs> they did things differently, and I did things differently, no matter how clearly I said, this is how... It works best in my house. It didn't work that way. Because they, just by nature, were doing things different. Now, if I could have put my heart in their heart or my mind inside of them, it would have solved the problem right there. They would have just known what to do. Well, in the covenant of God, the new covenant, that very thing that I just said right there that I wish I could have done to that person, or I wish I could just put my heart, my mind right inside of them. I couldn't. I didn't have that ability to do that. But uniquely enough, God has that ability and he wants to put his ways, his laws, his rules, so to speak, how things work best when we're living in his house, how things work, how things go, as opposed to us getting a list of things that we look at, like the Ten Commandments, which are great, they're perfect, they are absolutely the way to live in earth right? It's the way to live. Don't murder, right? Don't look at your neighbor and say, I want what you want because you have it and I don't, right? Where we adhere to those things, but if they are just on the external, we don't have the same motivation as if they are internally placed and they are part of who we are, not just what we do or try to adhere to. Because when we try to, like this person at my place, they failed. Well, that's us. We fail because it's not in us. But when those same things are placed in us, there's a huge difference. And part of the promise of being involved in the new covenant 
with Christ is. He, God, will place his words, his laws, his ways in our hearts. There are basically four promises. We're going to look at one of them today, and we've already touched in on it, and that is that God, in the new covenant, the new covenant with him, he has placed his law, his ways in our hearts. Literally, we have within us the DNA of God. When we believe in Jesus, we become a new creation. These four promises of God, these four promises shout out that God has made sure anyone who really wants to be, excuse me, pardon me, God has made sure anyone who wants to really be in his eternal kingdom can be because he has committed himself and all of his resources to make it happen. God himself defines the new covenant by these four promises. They are the DNA of the new covenant. In short, the new covenant is the gospel. Praise God. Now there's a statement that the prophet Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah made pertaining to what we're talking about. In Jeremiah chapter 31, beginning at verse 31, the prophet Jeremiah speaks about this new covenant while the children of Israel, while the nation of Israel was in captivity, literally, where they had been taken captive into Babylon and they were being harshly treated. And the prophet Jeremiah is speaking to them about a promise that God has made that is coming down the road and we are the people that Jeremiah was talking about. You and I. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. I will not be angry with them anymore. It will be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man say to his neighbor, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness 
and will remember their sins no more. This is what the Lord says. He who appoints the sun to shine by day, who declares the moon and stars to shine by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar, the Almighty is his name. Only if he decrees vanish from my sight, declares the Lord, will the descendants of Israel ever cease to be a nation before me. This is what the Lord says. Only if the heavens above can be measured and the foundation of the earth below be searched out, will I reject all the descendants of Israel because of the what they excuse me, because of all they have done, declares the Lord. That's powerful. That defines four promises that are found in the new covenant that we are focusing in on. And the first one is the fact that God has said that he is going to put his law in our hearts. How do we activate that? The way we see that activated is by placing our faith, our trust, our confidence, our hope, our life, It's by taking our faith and placing it in Jesus Christ. We don't trust our own works, our own efforts, our own attempts at making things okay between us and God. It won't work. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. It can't work. The only way that things can work is when we look to God and ask him for help. (laughs) Funny thing is, there are so many people that absolutely will not do that. If you're hearing this and you've already responded to that and you've placed your trust in Jesus because you have heard the gospel, the good news pertaining to the kingdom of God, you're called to be a citizen of the kingdom of God, a child of God. You've responded. You've said, yes, I believe you, Jesus, that you took my shame. You took my inability to live up to what I wanted to do when I wanted to do right. You took all of the guilt and you annihilated it, removed it, and have given to me your heart. I believe you. And when we do that, an interaction takes place. It's a supernatural exchange. God imparts to us his life and takes from us that old nature that is against him. Like that person trying to live in my house. They just couldn't. That's us. We just can't unless God puts his law in us. And he does when we believe in Jesus Christ. That's the beginning point. That's God's job. Our job, so to speak, is to have our minds renewed. 
Our job is to now learn what it is that he has imparted to us so that we can live it out. Like that bag lady who had a million dollars in her bank account but didn't know it, that can be us. We can walk around eating garbage, not realizing that God has given us great wealth. So it's our responsibility to learn what it is that he has given to us, but it's his responsibility to impart to us his life, and he is willing to do it. He will hold up his end of the covenant. It's our place to hold up our end. Thank God that we have been given his spirit, a right spirit that wants to do that. The reality that we have in front of us is this. When we place our faith in God, it activates. It opens up the door for him to give to us his life and for him to cause his life to grow within us. We can't make it happen. Only he can. But once he does, we're in cooperation with him as covenant partners, and we can see growth taking place so that we can become peacemakers. We start out as babies. We become peacemakers. We are able to go into some of the most difficult areas on this planet and have peace and actually make peace. Bring with us a demonstration of God's kingdom like Jesus did because that is what we have been called to do. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we are. Not just what we do, it's who we are, it's who we have become, and who we are becoming more and more like Jesus. Praise God, we are in a place where we have received within us the law so that we will not have any other gods before us because we will follow the Lord. He doesn't have any other gods before him. There are no gods before God. There's no competition with God. So he's not even concerned about it. And when he says, follow me, and we follow him, we will not have other gods before us. God doesn't murder. So when we follow him, we will not murder. God does not steal. He has everything. He doesn't need to steal. We follow him, we will not steal. The list goes on versus us memorizing this list and trying hard not to do stuff. We're living life and naturally not doing it because we're following him. Because his law has been placed within us. And so in relationship with him, following him, walking with him, he doesn't do those things, so we don't do those things. 
He has placed his law in our hearts. Now, that is the first promise that's found in the covenant. There are three others, and we're going to cover those in the up-and-coming episodes. But what I want to do right now is take a moment and pray. Father, God, thank you for the work of your Spirit, for how you are functioning, not just to us, but through us, in us, around us, upon us. God, it's amazing to walk with you, how we can go to places that are dark, evil, and you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You have overcome all things, and with you, we can overcome all things, and we can bring shalom. We speak shalom to the world that we live in. Where we go, shalom goes. Thank you, God. Open up our hearts and our minds so that we can not only see, but grow in our understanding so that we can apply the things that we're learning. Thank you, God. We receive these things from you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, folks. I love you. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, please feel free to drop us a line at Life Around the Fire. We will get back in touch with you. That's Life Around the Fire at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, God bless you. Adios, amigos.